Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Money Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Adams. This is a weekly show dedicated to helping you master your money, live rich, and love the journey. I cover every aspect of personal finances, and my mission is to give you the answers, tools, and resources you need to level up your financial life and reach your goals. If you have a money question, two of the best places to reach me are my contact page at lauradadams.com and inside my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Debt. If you'd like an invitation to join this terrific group, just send me a text message. Text GROUP400, that's GROUP400, to the number 33444. It's summertime right now, which is a busy time of the year for real estate. And maybe that's why I recently received several questions from real estate buyers and sellers. So in this show, I'm going to answer two of them that I think could apply to many of you. Plus, you'll also hear a voice message I received from a real estate investor with a terrific question that we'll cover. I may have mentioned before on the show that I used to be a real estate agent in Florida for several years when I was in my 20s. Later on, when I got into other businesses, I stopped selling as an agent, but I kept my license in order to earn commissions on investment properties that I fixed up and flipped for short-term profit or have held as rentals for the long term. I own many investment properties as well as land in several states in the Southeast, I've got single-family homes, multifamily apartment buildings, and commercial real estate. Now, my husband and I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, so we manage our properties remotely with the help of property managers in different states. You can probably tell that real estate has been and is a passion of mine. If you're a homeowner or real estate investor or plan to be one someday, this show is for you. Okay, let's get going with the first question, which is about selling a home. This question comes from an anonymous Money Girl reader who asks, I understand that a married couple can sell their home tax-free if they have a capital gain of up to $500,000. Does that benefit apply to every home you sell, or is it just a one-time exclusion? Before I give you the answer, I want to clarify what a capital gain is exactly. You probably know that you have to pay ordinary income tax when you make money from a job, business, or a bank savings account. Well, you also have to pay tax on profit that you make from an investment or the sale of a capital asset. 
such as real estate, stocks, mutual funds, and many other types of investments. If you sell an investment or home for a profit, you have a capital gain. And if you lose money on the sale of a capital asset, you have a capital loss. Fortunately, there is a gift in the federal tax code that allows you to skip paying some or all of the capital gain tax when you sell a home. The good news is that this jewel of a tax break applies to every home you sell for your entire lifetime, as long as you comply with the rules, which I'll cover in a moment. But the IRS wasn't always so generous. The home sale capital gains exclusion used to only apply if you bought a more expensive home within two years. You were also only allowed a once-in-a-lifetime exclusion of up to $125,000 if you were age 55 or older. So the idea is that you would keep buying more expensive homes throughout your lifetime, and then when you got ready to retire or were approaching retirement, you could downsize and then exclude a big chunk of that capital gain. But now the rules are much more favorable because no matter your age, you can sell your home pay no tax on some or all of the gain, and do anything you want with the profit. It's probably one of the best tax breaks that exists for Americans. Let's say you purchased your home for $200,000 in 2010. Now, due to market appreciation, you're able to sell it this year for $300,000 after all closing costs and expenses. For the sake of this example, assume that your purchase price and your cost basis for tax purposes are the same, which would give you a capital gain of $100,000. Ordinarily, as I previously mentioned, when you sell an asset for a profit, you owe tax on all of the gain. However, if you follow these five rules, you can avoid some or all of the capital gains tax on real estate sales. Rule number one is that you must pass an ownership and use test. So you have to have owned and lived in your home for at least two out of the five years prior to a home sale. For instance, you could live in a home for two years, rent it out for three years, and then sell it and take the capital gains exclusion. Theoretically, you could reap a tax-free gain every two years if you were willing to sell, buy, and relocate that often. As long as you can claim residency for any two of the previous five years before you sell a home, you're eligible for the gains tax exclusion. There are even some legal exceptions if you have to sell before two years, including having to move for a new job, getting divorced, health reasons, military service, or other unforeseen circumstances. The second rule to know is that there is an exclusion limit you can exclude up to $250,000 of a home sale gain or twice that much or $500,000 if you're married and file a joint tax return. Again, these limits apply to every home you sell with no limit during your lifetime. The third rule is that exclusions apply only to main homes. If you own more than one home, you can exclude the gain on the sale of your main residence only. Your main residence is the one you live in most of the year. The fourth rule is that gains above the exclusion are taxable. Any gain you make that exceeds the exclusion amounts that I mentioned is taxable and must be reported on Form 1040, Schedule D, called Capital Gains and Losses. 
So this would apply if you're married, filing taxes jointly, and you sell your home with a profit of $600,000. You could exclude up to $500,000 of gain, and then that extra $100,000 would be taxable. And the fifth rule is that home losses are not deductible. So if you sell your home for a loss, it cannot be deducted from your taxable income. For complete information, refer to IRS Publication 523 called Selling Your Home. It includes worksheets to help you figure the amount of gain you're eligible to exclude from tax. And if you're still unclear about your situation, be sure to consult with a tax professional. Okay, now let's turn to real estate question number two. This one is about buying a home, and it comes from Tom T. He asks, I want to start gathering information about buying a house. Do you have any real estate advice or podcast episodes geared toward millennials? Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Okay, back to our second real estate question. Tom, thanks so much for sending this in. I've written many articles and done several podcasts to help first-time buyers successfully navigate a real estate purchase. Here are some shows I recommend. Don't miss episode 333 called What Every First-Time Homebuyer Should Know. A good two-part series I did is called How to Buy a Home in 10 Steps. Part one is episode number 277. And part two is episode number 278. 
As you probably know, not all of the shows are in the iTunes archive. So to find my full archive of shows, visit the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com and type in the show number or topic in the search bar. Or you can go to the show notes for this episode, number 407, where I'll have everything that I mentioned conveniently linked up for you. And by the way, while you're there, be sure to sign up for the free Money Girl newsletter. Since there's a lot to know about buying a home, in this show, I'm going to cover three common mistakes that first-time home buyers should avoid. The first mistake is shopping for a home before getting pre-qualified for a mortgage. Not only does getting pre-approved for a home loan tell you exactly how much home you can afford, it comes with some other benefits. Being pre-qualified for a mortgage tells your real estate agent that you're a serious home buyer, not some tire kicker. In fact, most good agents won't even work with you until you're pre-approved. Pre-approval saves you and the agent a lot of time because you can focus on homes that are in your price range only. That helps avoid the heartache of falling in love with something you can't afford. Another huge benefit of getting pre-qualified for a home loan comes when you make a purchase offer. The seller will know that you have the means to buy their property and can close the sale quickly. Depending on the seller's circumstances, being able to close quickly could give you a leg up. They may accept your offer instead of a higher one that would take longer to close. The second mistake is ignoring first-time homebuyer programs. There are many great programs for first-time homebuyers that may include mortgage interest subsidies or down payment assistance. But did you know that even if you owned a home in the past, you may still be eligible? Many first-time homebuyer programs actually define a first-timer as someone who has not owned real estate in the past three years. So be sure to investigate and ask your mortgage lender how these programs could save you money, even if you owned a home in the past. Check out a podcast called Do I Qualify for an FHA Home Mortgage Loan, which is episode number 335. And the third mistake is considering only a 30-year fixed-rate loan. While it's true that 30-year loans are still the cornerstone of mortgages, they may not always be the best choice for first-time homebuyers. If you believe that your family will grow or that you'll earn more in a few years and may want to buy a larger home, consider getting an adjustable-rate mortgage, or ARM, instead of a fixed-rate mortgage. With an ARM, you get a lower introductory rate and lower monthly payments, which can save you money in the short term. Having lower monthly payments may allow you to qualify for a larger loan and buy more home than you could get with a conventional 30-year fixed-rate loan. Podcast number 283, called Seven Things to Know About Adjustable Rate Mortgages, will help you learn more and understand if it's a good fit for you. If you're ready to find a lender and get pre-approved for a mortgage, I created a one-page reference guide called the Online Loan Comparison Chart. This resource spells out each lender's starting APR, their maximum loan amounts, and the type of loan they offer, such as home loans, auto loans, business loans, or personal loans. You can get the online loan comparison chart PDF by visiting the transcript for this show, or you can send me a text message right now. Just text the phrase, my loan, 
323-323-4444. Again, text my loan with no space to the number 33444 and you'll get the free loan comparison PDF right away. And here's real estate question number three. Yeah, hi, Laura. This is Anthony. I love your podcast. It's really awesome. Um, I listen to it quite a bit. Um, I had a question for you. I was wondering if you could answer on the podcast. My wife and I live in a nice neighborhood. Um, We have a home. We have three young kids. We love the school district. We don't want to move out of the neighborhood. We do own a couple of rental properties in the area, but we want to own more rental properties. We just don't have the cash to do it. So one of the things we're contemplating is the possibility of selling our house. We owe $400,000 on our house and we could probably sell it for around $550,000, So we're wondering if we should sell our house now. We have about almost 30 years left on the mortgage pretty much. Um, sell it, maybe bank $100,000 to $125,000 rent in the same neighborhood, same school district because we like it a lot. And then use the $125,000 to invest in a couple of properties and some stocks. Um, to build some more assets. We don't really have a lot of stocks other than some old 401k rollovers, which do total about a couple hundred thousand dollars, but um, it's not really liquid. I mean, it's not, we haven't thought about using that money. So we're kind of up in the air on if we stay here and, or we sell, we really like to have cash for some different opportunities. Um, But I thought maybe you could answer that on the podcast. Again, I love the show. Thanks so much. Anthony, thanks so much for sending in your audio question via Dropbox. Having a nice chunk of equity in your home is a great position to be in. While it's really tempting to sell your home and use the equity for investments, I'm going to recommend that you don't. Since you mentioned that you're considering renting your next home, I'd keep your current house and turn it into a rental instead of selling it and buying a different rental property. I've done this myself. I actually have two rentals right now in Florida that I used to live in. Here are three major advantages to keeping your home and turning it into an investment instead of financing the purchase of a different rental property. The first advantage is keeping an owner-occupied mortgage. When you finance a rental property, the interest rate will be relatively high because it's for a non-owner-occupied property. Anthony, you mentioned that you have 30 years left on your mortgage, so I'm guessing that you recently refinanced it and probably have a very low rate. Keeping your current loan in place could help you have good cash flow. The second advantage is familiarity with the property. Since you live in the home, you know its good and bad points and the neighborhood like the back of your hand. Buying a property always comes with uncertainty about its history, or some hidden damage that an inspector could miss and you or a tenant discovers later on. The third advantage is certainly convenience. It's just plain easy to stick a for rent sign in the yard and run ads to see if you can charge a rent that makes it profitable to turn your home into a rental. If you can make the property cash flow and move into a rental that cuts your expenses, you'll be saving money and earning extra income at the same time. You mentioned wanting to make financial investments outside of your 401k. The extra money you make from this arrangement could be the ticket for building investments in a brokerage account that you could use to buy more real estate down the road. However, before you move a tenant into your home, just be sure that your mortgage lender won't penalize you for turning your residence into an investment property. 
some mortgages may charge you a penalty or require you to refinance into a more expensive non-owner-occupied loan. Or they may require a one- or two-year waiting period before you can rent out the property. Once you switch your insurance from a homeowner's policy to a less expensive landlord or commercial policy, the lender will definitely know that you're not living there anymore. So read your mortgage or call the lender to make sure that you understand what's allowed. You can learn more about converting your home into a rental in podcast number 268 called How to Rent Your House and Buy Another One. I hope this Q&A has helped you learn more about buying, selling, and investing in real estate. As always, it's a smart idea to consult a tax or financial advisor when making important decisions about real estate. If you're looking for more resources and tools that I recommend for just about every area of your financial life, check out my tools page at lauradadams.com or go directly to lauradadams.com forward slash tools. You'll find over 40 of the best products and services that will help you earn more, save more, be more productive, and accomplish a lot more with your money. And if you're getting value from the show and enjoying the content, you can thank me by submitting a five-star review in iTunes. That helps the show get visibility so new listeners can find it, and I can help more people get the financial information they need. If you've already submitted a review, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so glad you're listening. I'll talk to you next week. That's all for now. Courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.